Welcome to the Parent Advocate Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Chikumba. My pronouns are he, him, and his, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Lisette Trujillo. Thanks, Stephen. Lisette here. She, her, Aya. Each week, we bring you stories about things happening in the world from the perspective of two parents of BIPOC transgender kids. We're doing something different this episode, Lisette. As our loyal listeners know, we have one recurring segment on the Parent Advocate Podcast, Allies and Assholes, where we highlight individuals or groups that are supporting the LGBTQIA community on the one hand and call out straight up assholes who are trying to move us all backwards on the other. With 2023 coming to a close, we decided to compile our inaugural list of Allies and Assholes of the Year to highlight individuals and groups that went above and beyond this year. Stephen, 2023 left us with no shortage of allies or assholes. We definitely have a best and worst of list this year. That's what I'm saying, Lisa. So let's get into the special episode of the Parent Advocate Podcast. Let's do it. All right, to kick this episode off on a positive start, we'll begin with allies. Lisa, who's our first ally of the year? Stephen, our first ally has got to be our first guest we had on our podcast, Lucina Fisher. In addition to being our first guest, Lucina followed up her critically acclaimed directorial documentary, Mama Gloria, which spotlighted Chicago Black transgender icon Gloria Allen by directing the dads, a documentary that followed Matthew Shepard's father, Dennis, and five disparate fathers on a camping trip as they discussed their love, hopes, and fears for their transgender children. So many trans families don't make it because the dads aren't on board. They got to fucking figure out why they're afraid. Dads have that masculine image they want to try and keep up. They have to get out and speak. They have to show people that they support their child uh, 100%. It was important for me as a father to speak out. The thread that connects us all is that we love our children and are willing to put everything on the line for other people's children as well. In some ways, it's gotten a lot better, and in other ways, it's also a very scary time. We all need to get back into the fight. We're not doing it with our heads bowed. We're doing it with a full-throated support of this movement. We're letting people know we're here. We're not going to shy away. We're not going to be in the shadows. We're not going to be scared. We're going to confront this head-on because that's all we can do. We have to make the way safe for our children. The dads, which featured me and Chewy, premiered at South by Southwest, where it was nominated for the Grand Jury Award and was later acquired by Netflix, where it debuted last month. The film has become something of a cult hit generating buzz about a feature-length version, which brings viewers closer to the lives of the father showcased in the 10-minute short. Our next ally of the year is Dwayne Wade. Former NBA superstar Dwayne Wade made this year's list for several different reasons. First, D. Wade made the cut for consistently publicly supporting his transgender daughter, Zaya. Thank you guys uh, for that ovation. We don't stand up here alone. As we know, it takes a village, it takes a community. Uh, we stand up here today as two people who have worked tirelessly to have resources and access. As two people willing to use our microphones for what we believe and what other families are going through. I'm attention when I use my platform. I recognize what I've been given, and it is my job to uplift the voices of others and share my access and resources. I want to take this moment to publicly speak to our daughter, Zaya. Zaya, as your father, 
All I've wanted to do was get it right. I've sat back and watched how gracefully you've taken on the public scrutiny. And even though it's not easy, I watched you walk out of that house every morning as yourself. I admire how you've handled the ignorance in our world that you face every day. To say that your village is proud of you is an understatement. Thank you for showing me that there's more than just one way to communicate effectively. You taught me that communication with my mouth isn't enough. I have to also communicate with my two ears and my two eyes. As your father, my job isn't to create a version of myself or direct your future. My role is to be a facilitator to your hopes, your wishes, and your dreams. Zaya, you've made me a better human just simply by being who you were born to be, our baby girl, Zaya Wade. So baby, thank you for showing the world what courage looks like. I'm proud that I was chosen to stand in place as your father. And thank you so much to the NAACP for this incredible honor. Second, for signing on as executive producer of The Dads and using his platform to share the movie's message of supported fathers to us 20 million followers. And finally, for moving out of Florida, his longtime home, in protest of anti-LGBTQIA plus legislation passed in the state under the leadership of Governor Ron DeSantis. Normally, we define allies as individuals that are supporting the LGBTQIA community, but aren't actually members of the community. But in this case, we're making an exception for our third ally of the year, Elliot Page. Page released his autobiography, Page Boy, a memoir, which the New York Times described as a brutally honest memoir in which Page recounts the fears and obstacles to gender transition and the hard-won happiness that has followed. Yeah, that whole Juno time, that was quite the time. It's not like someone was like, forcing, you know, clothing on my physical body. But that is what it felt like, you know, to dress a certain way and be a certain way. I used to find it and still find it tricky to talk about. And it relates to this, your dreams are coming true because I felt like complaining at all or feeling bad at all, just so profoundly ungrateful. At 10, people started addressing me as a boy. Having won a year long battle to cut my hair short, I started to get a Thanks, bud, when holding the door for someone at the Halifax shopping center. I was lucky to, to have a mom that even, like, let me get to that place at, at 10 to look like how I did. But I could sense her discomfort. I could sense her embarrassment. When my, you know, body started to change and clothes sat on me dif differently and all of that was just, was the beginning of really sort of, you know, disconnecting from myself and feeling a degree of of discomfort that was uh, very erosive and, and, and damaging. The experiences I had in regards to bullying, it certainly only encourages the shame that literally makes you sick. The discomfort, you know, that I felt really took so much of my life away from me. The amount of energy and quite frankly, like anguish that went towards discomfort that's now like lifted off of me, you know? And I think 
I'd like to think only is, is, is beneficial and the ripple effects are beneficial. The experience with Umbrella Academy and, and, and playing Victor has been a, such a true gift. I think many people obviously relate to, to that experience of what it means to not see yourself, think you never will, and then there you are, like you just start to emerge and <laughs> it's so thrilling. It's really thrilling. Paige was also featured in The Freedom to Exist, an ABC documentary special that spotlighted the struggles and triumphs of transgender individuals and followed families as they prepared for and attended the first ever trans prom in Washington, D.C. It is so important that younger members of the LGBTQIA community see that you can persevere and that you can survive and that there's happiness waiting on the other side. Speaking of exceptions, our fourth allies of the year definitely fall under the category. We are talking about the youth organizers of Trans Pride. These kids made our list because they organized a joyfully defiant event that brought over 100 transgender children, their families, and supporters from around the nation to the National Mall in Washington, D.C., broadcasting their joy to the world. Thank you, Sarah. We stand on the shoulders of you and so many other trans change makers. I'm Hobbs. Hi, I'm Grayson. Hi, I'm Libby. And I'm Daniel. The four of us are so proud and incredibly moved. Thank you, AHRC, for this recognition. As all of you know, the past few years have been very hard for young trans folk. Folks who don't know anything about us are taking our rights away at our schools, at our doctors and on our sports teams. The hate and lies that we see on social media about our lives seem relentless. And while everything has been, well, pretty shitty, sorry mom, we also have each other. And that has given us a sense of strength and community that everybody deserves. A lot of us became friends through HRC. Many of our parents are on HRC's Parents of Trans Equality Council. And one night, while we were commiserating over the state of the world, we got to talking about what we could do. We wanted to send a strong message that we are here, we are fabulous, and we are not going anywhere. And that's exactly what we did through the form of Transprom right on the National Mall. Listen, the four of us here are lucky enough to have families who support us. Mom, Dad, thank you. And to have friends in each other. When friends find each other, powerful things can happen. Isn't that the power of the queer community? We had a whole village of folks who helped us out. <laughs> Speaking of, Chase Gerandio, our trans fairy godfather, is here with us tonight. We love you. <laughs> Thank you so much for helping make trans prom a reality. And we know that Kelly Robinson and all the folks at HRC will not stop fighting until all of us are free. And we are so lucky to be a part of this HRC family. For all the trans folks out there watching and worrying about what's ahead, never let them take your pride. Never let them steal your joy because despair isn't gonna get us free. But defiance, specifically joyful defiance, now that is our path to a better tomorrow. We are proud to be here tonight with you all. 
being defiantly joyful together. Thank you again for your support and your commitment to our fight for freedom. Thank, Thank you. you. Their action brought media attention from around the country to witness trans joy, including the Washington Post, Axios, ABC, Teen Vogue, and the Huffington Post, to name a few, who broadcast their joy to the world. For their efforts, the trans prom organizers were named to GLAD's fourth annual 20 Under 20 list, which celebrated and spotlighted the next generation of LGBTQIA leaders. Our next allies on the list are President Joe Biden and First Lady Dr. Joe Biden. The trans prom organizers invited the Bidens to the prom, but unfortunately, they could not attend due to scheduling conflicts. Something about running the country and all, Stephen. However, that did not stop POTUS from sending a personal letter to the organizers. The president and first lady also attended the HRC national dinner in October, where President Biden praised the HRC's continued work defending and advancing the rights of members of the LGBTQIA community. And more importantly, we both got to meet him and the first lady. Here's a portion of the president's speech. My name's Joe Biden. I'm Joe's husband. I hope you understand that you are the beacon of light around the world, not a joke. Look, Kelly Robinson, thank you. Thank you for the introduction and for your leadership. And congratulations to Knight Awardee, Shonda Rhimes, unstoppable creative force. Lena Wisdom, I tell you what, path-breaking storyteller. And uh, Matt Bober, actor who inspires. And you do inspire, Matt. And Gracie Lobby Hobbs and Daniel, courageous young activists who lift our hopes up for the future. Earlier this year, we were kind of, I was kind enough to invite Jill and me to the trans youth prom. We couldn't make it, but it sounds like you had a hell of a lot of fun. Well, you know, these young honorees joined us in June for the largest Pride Month celebration ever, ever held at the White House, and there's going to be more at the White House. LGBTQ youth are among the bravest people I know, and you four are no exception. Folks, this is the fourth time I've joined this dinner, coming back to my days as vice president. At this pivotal moment in our history, Jill and I have come here tonight to say thank you for your courage, thank you for your hope, and thank you for your pride. Thank you for defending equal rights and dignity of all people despite intense opposition and hate-fueled rhetoric, even violence to try to keep you from moving. You inspire us. And I want you all, the LGBTQ Americans, to know the Biden-Harris administration has your back. Our next ally could literally write the book on the art of the filibuster. Our final ally of this year is Sarah Kavanaugh. Senator Kavanaugh commanded national attention when she single-handedly filibustered for over eight weeks in protest of proposal LB-574, or Let Them Grow Act, which bars physicians from providing gender-affirming care for Nebraskans under the age of 19. Senator Kavanaugh spoke for up to 12 hours a day to prevent these bills from passing, speaking on everything from the bills themselves to her favorite salads. Reading about the differences between Malcolm X and... Uh, Martin Luther King, since they've been here, the first thing that I'm really proud of is the bill that Senator um, Robert Hilkeman prioritized for me. But for me personally, I don't care if you know who I vote for. I'll tell you who I voted for for committee chairs. I want to annoy you. 
I want you to genuinely be frustrated as all get out with me. They wanted me to go on, I don't know, I don't know what we want to call this, my vendetta on behalf of trans kids, because this is how the rest of the session is going to be for every bill. Senator Kavanaugh was very clear about her intentions, stating if this legislature collectively decides that legislating hate against children is our priority, then I'm going to make it painful, painful for everyone. While unfortunately LB 574 was eventually signed into law, we believe the courage, passion, and just sheer stamina Senator Kavanaugh displayed should serve as a model for us all, fighting every day for LGBTQIA rights. Now it's time for us to get to our assholes of the year list. Our first asshole of the year is actually a pair. Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert. Or as I like to refer to them, dumb and dumber. Green and Boebert made a string of anti-trans statements over the course of the year. Green reintroduced legislation she sponsored during her last congressional session to criminalize the provision of gender-affirming health care to minors. She also accused Democrats who support such care of coming for our children. Um, thank you for allowing me to come before the committee today. I have an important bill I'd like to talk to you about. My bill is the Protect Children's Innocence Act. This is my signature bill, and it has been a model used across the country by many states as they are working on passing or have already passed bills and made into law in their states protecting children from a radical ideology that is spreading across America, and that is gender dysphoria. It's hard to imagine that today in America, there are doctors and there are many medical professionals prescribing puberty blockers, providing hormone therapy and surgeries, actually cutting off children's body parts before they're ever old enough to vote, graduate from high school, buy nicotine, buy alcohol, join the military. This is not a political party issue. This is widely supported across America, across all party lines that people want this to stop and children need to be allowed to grow up before they make tragic mistakes that will forever change their bodies for the rest of their lives. There are no known studies on what puberty blockers do long-term to children that take them and what it happens to them later on as adults. There is also a growing movement all across America called detransition. These are many young people that made the tragic mistakes of having mastectomies, having castrations done to them, having genital mutilation surgeries when they were still in their early uh, teens, um, maybe even before they were teenagers. And as they grew up, they realized they made tragic mistakes to their body and they are trying so hard to warn many others, don't go down this road. But here's what's most disturbing. Gender dysphoria is not a virus. This is not a disease that's spreading. It's an ideology and it's spreading across social media and it's rapidly growing. We have to step in and make it a felony to perform gender affirming care. Not to be outdone, here's Bobart repeatedly, deliberately misgendering Deputy Undersecretary of Defense for Personnel and Readiness and retired U.S. Navy officer Sean Skelly on the House floor in September. Mr. Chair, I rise today to offer my amendment that utilizes the Holman rule to reduce the salary of Sean Kelly, Assistant Secretary of Defense for Readiness. That salary shall be reduced to $1. 
As the Assistant Secretary of Defense, Mr. Skelly is the Principal Advisor to the Secretary of Defense and the Undersecretary of Defense for personnel and readiness on all matters related to the readiness of our armed forces. In that capacity, he is supposed to develop policies and plans, provide advice, and make recommendations for total force readiness programs, reporting and assessments of readiness to execute the national defense strategy. Like many of Biden's bureaucrats, Mr. Skelly is failing at his job and the basic responsibilities. On his watch, the Army missed their recruiting goal by 15,000 soldiers last year, and all other branches were forced to dig deep into their pools of delayed entry applicants to meet their recruitment goals. On top of that, the Army, Navy, Air Force, and Coast Guard are all expected to fall short of their recruitment goals this year. Mr. Skelly has also been with the Biden administration since the beginning and was appointed to the transition team. Some irony there. In November of 2020, as the Assistant Secretary of Defense for Readiness, Mr. Skelly played an instrumental role in the disastrous and shameful withdrawal from Afghanistan that killed 13 of America's finest, 13 American heroes, this embarrassing surrender to the Taliban. As DOD's highest ranking trans official, this delusional man thinking he is a woman, embodies and espouses the wokeism that causes, that's causing significant harm to our military readiness and troop morale. One thing that has always confused me about folks that vote for these dum-dums is that they're more than happy to have Green and Bobra continue to spew their twisted anti-LGBTQIA, anti-woke talking points and do their Fox News and Newsmax appearances as opposed to, oh, I don't know, actually trying to pass legislation that makes their constituents' lives better? Call me crazy. And in Bobak's case, let's not forget about that really public PDA during a family musical back in her district. Our next asshole of the year is the Republican presidential candidate, Kitty Table. And by Kitty Table, we are referring to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, sorry, DeSantis, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, and businessman and just overall asshole, Vivek Ramaswamy. These three are in a perpetual race to the bottom of their anti-trans rhetoric. Here are a few of the choiciest clips from these Republican presidential candidates at the debates this year. You don't know that slippery slope, what rights are going to be taken away okay. next, and you what's going to be have, on as you. a parent, you do not have the right to abuse your kids. This is cutting off their procedures uh, and this is something that other countries in Europe like Sweden once they started doing it they saw it did incalculable damage they've shut it down I signed legislation in Florida banning the mutilation of minors because it is wrong we cannot allow this to happen in this country and, and I know Chris disagrees with me and I think he has an honest position uh, Nikki disagrees with me she opposes the bill that we did to ban that she said law shouldn't get involved not. with it you said the law shouldn't get involved with it. She also, though, I think, and this is flows from what she did as governor of South Carolina, you know, they had a bill to try to say that men shouldn't go into girls' bathrooms. And she killed that bill, and she bragged that she killed that bill. Even to this day, she bragged that. 
I don't think men should be going into little girls' bathrooms. I think it's wrong, and I think we have every right to protect them from that. I'm going to come to you. I, I promise seven seconds. Go quickly. I think the North Star here is transgenderism is a mental health disorder. We don't let you smoke a cigarette by the age of 18. We don't let you have an addictive drink of alcohol by the age of 21. And I just challenge Ron DeSantis to go one step further and support what I think is clearly within the authority to do using federal funds just like Reagan did in 84 for the Highway Act that said the minimum drinking age needs to be 21. We can do the same thing when it comes to banning genital mutilation or chemical castration. Okay. I know Ron's been okay. unclear about that on the federal Haley. level. I'm crystal clear. That's where I stand. Got and it. That's a mental health disorder. That's, that's where it. I need to be at. Go ahead. So first of all, Ron has continued to lie because he's losing. No, it's, it's not just, a lie. You are lying. You so said first it on of, tape. So first of all, I will say that when I was governor, 10 years ago when the bathroom situation came up, I, we had maybe a handful of kids that were dealing with an issue. And I said, we don't need to bring government into this, but boys go into boys' bathrooms, girls go into girls' bathrooms, and if anyone else has an issue, they use a private bathroom. Now, 10 years later, we see that this issue has exploded. And this shows how hypocritical Ron continues to be. When he was running for governor and they asked him about that, he said he didn't think bathroom bills were a good use of his time. You can go look that up. I signed a bathroom bill in Florida, so but that's obviously no. not true. <laughs> so the idea that you would say that I, I was against it, that. I signed you didn't. You killed it. I signed it. I we stood didn't. up for little girls. You didn't do it. And there was this going on. I was actually just in South Carolina. Some of the legislators told me at the time there were boys going into the girls. That's the there whole reason why they no, did no, no, it. No, 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 no. And so they say when she does that explanation that that doesn't hold water. And this is the upstate of South Carolina. Ron, I signed the bill. I protected the girls. Do you know girls. South Carolinians? She did not do, do you it. Know I know South talk about my state like that because I will tell you for a fact South Carolinians never allowed that to happen and we hadn't we did not have that issue at the time what I have always said is boys going to a boys bathroom girls going to a girls, girls bathroom but hold on one second I also say that biological boys shouldn't be playing in girls sports and I will do everything I can to stop that because it's the women's issue of our time this is right. I, I, we're we're the kitty table candidates have continually tried to one-up each other with their anti-LGBTQ hate speech in pathetic attempts to, at best, become twice impeached, four times indicted, former President Donald Trump's vice presidential running mate, or snag a Fox News or Newsmax hosting gig, or at worst, become utterly forgettable footnotes in history. Our next asshole of the year is rapper, country singer, white trash icon, Kid Rock. You may be wondering why this trash talking has been ended up on assholes of the year list or just about any list for that matter. As you all likely recall, Kid Rock was one of the most prominent trolls during the manufactured outrage after Bud Light made a personalized can for transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney. He was so incensed that he posted a video of himself shooting a bunch of cases of beer and was one of the most prominent voices calling for the boycott, which ultimately led to Bud Light losing its position as the nation's top selling beer. Grandpa is feeling a little frisky today. Let me uh, say something to all of you and be as clear and concise as possible. 
Anheuser-Busch. Have a terrific day. The thing that most infuriated me about the whole manufactured controversy was the fact that Bud Light made one single can with Dylan's face on it and only sent it to her. It wasn't like folks were going to their local liquor store and seeing a whole bunch of Bud Light cans with Dylan's face on it. And to add a layer of hypocrisy to this ridiculousness, it came out later that Kid Rock was still serving Bud Light at his Nashville bar and being pictured drinking Bud Light. I guess, do as I say, right? Anheuser-Busch and Target made the assholes of the year list not so much for what they did as for what they didn't do, specifically taking a stand for LGBTQIA community when the opportunity presented itself. Anheuser-Busch did nothing to defend Dylan Mulvaney during the aforementioned Bud Light crisis, basically leaving her hung out to dry. Target, in an even more cowardly move, bowed to the pressure from violent right-wing nutjobs threatening employees and vandalizing its stores by removing and moving Pride Month merchandise, as well as vowing to reduce the size of their Pride offerings moving forward. We contrast this, for example, with Lego, which basically told the trolls to go fuck themselves when they called for a boycott of the company's a to Z of Awesome series, an alphabet of builds created by LGBTQIA Lego fans. I have a feeling our next asshole of the year, Moms for Liberty, is going to have a permanent place in this annual recap. This conservative political group, which I think is well on its way to becoming a terrorist organization, advocates against school curricula that mention LGBTQIA plus rights, race, ethnicity, or discrimination. Their terrorism includes campaigns for banning books, eliminating books on gender and sexuality from school libraries. One of the most galling things about Moms for Liberty is the fact that they try to launder their terrorism under the guise of advocating for parental rights, while their chapter leaders appear in pictures with members of the Proud Boys. One positive piece of news to report is Moms for Liberty candidates were, in the words of Newsweek, annihilated in school board elections across the country last month. So it seems like parents are onto these assets. Disgraced former pro cyclist Lance Armstrong wraps our list of assholes of the year for 2023. Armstrong left the Fox reality competition show Stars on Mars. He's obviously killing it right now if he's appearing on shows like that. After having a heated argument with Modern Family star Ariel Winter about trans athletes competing in sports. Armstrong later weighed in on Twitter, now known as X, writing, is there not a world in which one can be supportive of the transgender community and curious about the fairness of trans athletes in sports, yet not be labeled a transphobe or a bigot as we ask questions? Do we know the answers? And do we even want to know the answers? He also said the following on his cycling podcast, The Move. And as I've thought more and more about this, and, and again, I think you, it, well, First of all, I know that you uh, are not a fan of cancel culture, but whether it is this issue, whether it's the, the trans issue or the, the LGBTQ plus conversation, broadly speaking, or abortion or guns or homelessness, it could be all of these issues. When I think about all of these conversations that I'm about to embark on, these are really, to me, cancel culture conversations cl almost cloaked in this because you, you, well, you know this better than anybody, as you, uh, or I've certainly experienced it in the last month that I've dug in on this. Um, 
people are afraid to talk. People, people are afraid of, of being fired, shamed, or canceled. I mean, the, even opining or God forbid you take a position. People are afraid of that. So, and, and, and we've gotten ourselves to this place where people are like, I'm not, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk. I'm talking about something else. Honestly, I can't with this hater ass. He's just another transphobe regurgitating anti-trans talking points devoid of any science, substance, or for that matter, logic, and trying to couch it as just asking questions. In addition, the irony of someone who had his seven Tour de France titles stripped after it was discovered he led a wide-ranging doping conspiracy weigh in on the fairness in athletic competitions is just too rich. Like we said with Kid Rock, Lance Armstrong believes that others should do as he says, not as he does. Well, that's our show for today, folks. Wait up, hold up, hold up. Wait, wait, did I miss it? Did I miss Dude, it? What are, you, what are you doing here? What are you even talking about? Is this the end of the year allies and assholes special episode? Yes. Okay, well, first off, hello, everyone. As you all know, I am Anthony Chicumba. I am the self-appointed executive producer of the Parent Advocate podcast. My pronouns are he, him, and his. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, or- thank you. We didn't have you. You just bum-rushed our Zoom. And you're not just executive producer. You're also our third co-host. Oh, my goodness. Lisette, do not give him any legitimacy I'm right now. I'm just keeping it real. Anthony, why are you here? First off, thank you so much, Lisette, from your lips to God's ears. But there, there is an act- actually a reason that I'm here, because I think you guys actually forgot one of the allies of the year. So I wanted to fill you in on that. Specifically, Stephen and Lizette, I am adding the two of you to the allies of the year list. Not only are you two supportive, caring, nurturing parents of transgender children who are not just surviving, but are thriving in spite of the difficult times that we currently find ourselves in, but you two have become role models for other parents of transgender children across the U.S., No one says that you have to put yourselves out there as often as you do, including Lizette's ongoing work in the Arizona legislature and with parenting groups, and Stephen, your work with Garden State Equality and Anchor Health, and also starring in the dads. Both of you also work on the human rights campaign, and you also co-founded and co-host this podcast once a week, with my help as self-appointed executive director, of course. And third co-host. And third co-host. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. But seriously, thank you guys both for everything that you continue to do. You are both my heroes. And in the words of a late friend of mine who just happened to also be a member of the LGBTQIA community, as well as an activist, the world is truly a better place for having the two of you in it. So keep doing the good work and God bless you both. Thank you. It was like a heart melting moment. Thanks, bro. Well, that's our show for today, folks. I want to thank our special uninvited guest co-host. And third co-host. And third co-host. Don't forget the third co-host part. My brother, Anthony Chikumba, for joining us on our special end of the year Allies and Assholes recap. I also want to thank my amazing co-host, Lisette, who somehow is conspiring with my younger brother to take over the show. For everything that you do, I couldn't do this without you. Thanks, Steven. And thank you, Anthony, our third co-host. I couldn't do this without you. And we also couldn't do this without you, our listeners. So thanks for tuning in to the Parent Advocate Podcast. And folks, please be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and do all the things you need to do to stay up to date with everything going on here at the Parent Advocate Podcast. Bye. Bye. We out. If you're thinking about harming yourself, get immediate support. 
please reach out to The Trevor Project and connect to a crisis counselor 24-7, 365 days a year from anywhere in the United States. It's 100% confidential and 100% free. You can get help at thetrevorproject.org. If you'd like to support any of the organizations working actively to support LGBTQ people, please visit the ACLU at action.aclu.org or the Human Rights Campaign at hrc.org. You've been listening to the Parent Advocate Podcast. Tune in again for another episode.